This is the Davison Beetle Podcast. All right, it's time for the Davison Beetle Podcast. I'm Davis. He's Beetle. Hello, Beetle. How are you? Happy National Signing Day, though it's not quite the way it used to be. You know, when before the uh, well, before the December signing day, this was the day, right? This is the day for everybody, and that's going to become yeah. more of the for D one. Uh, say it's more of the leftover day, and for D two kids <laughs> and other kids, it, it is the big day still, and we celebrate that, of course, with Colorado Mesa. We'll talk about their signing day in just a moment, but um, there's there's really nothing going on outside of National Letter of Intent Day today. Oh, except for John Payton joining the Broncos and uh, Tom Brady calling it quits. But nothing else yeah. is going on in the world. Absolutely nothing else. Let's start with the first thing, uh, John Payton. Uh, the, the trade is going to happen. Uh, he'll be traded, traded to the Broncos, which is still weird to say when you talk about a coach, but it's happened many other times before. Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, John Gruden have all been traded in the past. I, I really – I thought Denver – made out pretty well in this deal. I mean, when you compare it in particular to what they gave up to get Russell Wilson, a first rounder this year, the 29th pick, which we are looking at some of the legendary picks at number 29, Cordero Patterson's <laughs> like your best name ever. That's been picked at number 29 in the draft. And then they're giving up a second rounder next year. Uh, I think Denver comes out of this pretty well, to be quite honest. They get a guy that, you know, a coach that I think it's what a minimum of 40 career games coached. He has the highest scoring average of any coach in football at like 27.6% or 27.6 points per game. And so Sean Payton is going to, he's going to be the adult in the room that the Broncos have needed for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like I said, uh, I think last time we talked, you know, everybody's kind of up in arms about giving up draft picks for a coach. If the coach can't play or score touchdowns. Well, if the coach can fix or help fix the, the problems that you had, then it's well worth it. So, you know, I, I think obviously still remains to be seen whether he can do it, but he definitely comes with with the right pedigree so to speak and, and the, the the good resume offensively and uh with you know with the idea that you need help for your quarterback to to get him back into a uh, a level of play that you saw flashes of but it wasn't there consistently and you know it you know he's capable of it uh you just got to get somebody that can run the right system and and then he's, you know, kind of in the in the groove with play calling wise and stuff like that. And so you hope Sean Payton's that guy. And uh, you know, it doesn't really bother me that they gave up the draft picks anymore. It seems like there's just value all over the draft. And you know, I nobody likes to give up first rounders or anything like that. But but there's so much value in so many players, and and teams can build in different ways now. Uh, you know, over the last five six years, they've they've. You know, teams have gotten better by building through free agency, through trades, through through developments, and and just doing a good job scouting and and finding the right guys. So, you know, I think uh, of all the things that the Broncos needed the most, they needed a coach, and and the the one they tried to get last year didn't work out. It was it was just totally a bust, and so I'm glad they walked away from it. And 
if you're going to go find somebody, you got to swing big. And it, it was a really weird weekend to think that, you know, he was gone and then he was back and then he was gone and then he was back. <laughs> it was really, it was really kind of odd, the reports that were coming out, but, but they did what they had to do and they got their guy. So I, I think it's a, a great move for the Broncos that signals that they're serious about building this franchise back to where it was. And I think that now you look at it with Sean Payton being there. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, the, the worst they've ever finished was seven and nine. And even in those years, they still had a a top five offense. Defense wasn't very good, but the offense was still extremely good. And so now you have somebody in the building where if it doesn't go right this year, if it doesn't go right in 2023 offensively, John Payton's not going to get blamed. Whoever the OC is going to be no. could be Joe Lombardi, former Chargers OC guy that has had a you know long connection with Sean Payton throughout their careers. It's going to be the players. It's going to be a guy like Russell Wilson that's going to be heading someplace else down the road. It, Sean Payton will not be the problem here. You cannot blame the head coach anymore. It's not Vance Joseph. It's not Vic Fangio. It's not Nathaniel Hackett. It's Sean freaking Payton and. Along with being that, you know, the, the adult in the room, the guy that will command the respect of everybody, and no more, and I'm not trying to crack on Russ, but no more office in the building kind of stuff and parking spaces and this kind of bull crap that, that, that's gone on, that he's going to instill fear, the right kind of fear, into the organization where guys can't sit back and feel like they've got a job, they don't have to work particularly hard to keep that job, whether it's a coach, whether it's a player, he's going to inst- he's going to instill, like I said, the right kind of fear that we're going to. If you're not part of what we're doing here to be a winner, then you're going to be someplace else. And I, I do like that about Sean Payton. I, I've had some people bring up Bounty Gate and the role that he played in Bounty Gate, which was more of a cover up than than anything else, which is kind of ironic that we're talking about him and Tom Brady today um, because the cover-up was, I wouldn't say in the case of Brady, the cover-up was worse than the actual crime. In the case of Bounty Gate, eh, the cover-up was was probably not as not as bad as the, the actual incident, the actual thing that went on with Bounty Gate. But I, I just think with I, people have brought that up. I, I've seen that on Facebook. I've seen that in other places. Does that bother you at all, the Bounty Gate thing? He set out a year, which I think the biggest punishment that he was served during that period of time was that Kevin James played him in a movie. (laughs) I think that was worse than being away from football for a year, was that Kevin James played him in a Netflix movie. So to me, he he has certainly served his punishment. And can we not just move on? I mean, come on, if this is Bill Belichick, would he be sitting around going, I don't know. You know, Spygate and, and Deflategate. And, uh, I don't be like, welcome Bill Belichick to the Denver Broncos. It, like, stop this crap. People of, oh, I just don't know his integrity. Who, shut up. Who cares? Sean Payton is going to hopefully make this offense better. It just drives me crazy. So you're you're not going to hire him because of Bounty Gate? That that's the that's the reason why you you don't want him to be the Broncos head coach? Well, tough shit. He's going to be the Broncos head coach now. Yes, it's a podcast, so I can drop an S bomb, and that felt kind of good, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think you know, I, I'm with you. I, I don't like Bounty Gate. I, I think it's, it's yeah. a, a 
pretty awful little situation. And uh, certainly it's not, you know, it's, it's not my favorite thing about Sean Payton. That's no, for sure. no, nobody's, uh, nobody's like saying that. He, he has, he did sit out a year. Like I think back to other things that have happened across sports, the, the one that pops right in my head that doesn't really have any relation to Bounty Gate, but, but it has relation to, to cheating and, and to, to being just overall uh, kind of sneaky and all that stuff is the Astros, right? Oh, and, yeah. And they didn't really serve hardly any punishment. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, did, a coach did get fired. Don't get me wrong. Uh, a coach got fired out of that, but nobody really had to sit out of here. We got suspended. Nobody nobody really went through a whole lot. So, you know, you have a guy that, that did pay a penance for that. The, the Saints paid a pretty good penance for that. Uh, Sean Payton paid a pretty good penance for it. And, uh, you know... I don't. I don't think that it's something that should hamper him at this point. Had this happened, you know, had they been trying to hire him in the middle of that, probably wouldn't have gone very well. But he's served his time, so to speak. Uh, I don't want to compare him to being in prison, but uh, you know, he did. He did get punished for it. He did serve that punishment, and you know, I think it's time to move on. So, from that standpoint, yeah, it's not my favorite thing, but time to move on. Yeah, absolutely. And and you get a guy that's got a Super Bowl win on his resume, an incredible record of successful offensive football. And what does Denver need? Even if they had a middling offense this year, probably would have put them in in the playoffs. If you know, playoffs, uh, if if that you know would have been the case for for the Broncos. And so now, who's going to be on his staff will be interesting. Mike Munchak's name has been mentioned as possible return, which they did you know, had some of their best success in the offensive line in recent years with Munchak guiding the offensive line. I really hope Ben Steele ends up staying on the staff. I really do for our buddy bones. I I'd hate for him to not, not have a gig, but he's too good of a coach to, to, to not end up coaching somewhere, but I know he loves being back in Colorado. So hopefully it'll work out. Mentioned Joe Lombardi who the chargers can't in because what they didn't want to can Brandon Staley for screwing up against Jacksonville. Like it was all Joe Lombardi's fault that they, they lost that game. I and th- there's been you know talk to Vic Fangio. Let's get to Vic Fangio for a moment. That it was seemed like it was a done deal that Fangio was going to go to Miami and be the highest paid defensive coordinator. And then it came out that he has an eye surgeon girlfriend that lives in San Francisco, lives in the Bay Area. He's coached there before, which is which is shocking that Vic Fangio has a girlfriend. It just doesn't. <laughs> That's just what I was thinking. Yeah, just <laughs> I mean, one, obviously. You know, when, when you, when you, yeah, when you hear, you know, when you hear that Vic Fangio has a girlfriend, you, you know, you, you number one, you don't think she'd be an eye surgeon. Number two, number one, you don't think he would have a girlfriend, right? He just doesn't seem. He seems like a guy <laughs> yeah, that was was married. Like a yeah, didn't work. At, type. <laughs> yeah, didn't work. You know, ground her into the ground because he was constantly drawing up new defenses and. And, you know, what was particularly great <laughs> husband in that regard. He was very, you know, very workaholic. But, you know, you, when you think Vic Fangio, girlfriend, and he might move, go back to San Francisco because of his girlfriend living there, which just seems to be funny. But, but according to Dave Logan, 850 KOA, that, you know, Broncos have been talking to Fangio, and Fangio was mentioned as a possible DC for Sean Payton, no matter where he ended up. How weird would it be for Vic Fangio, just what a year removed from being the head coach of the Denver Broncos, to come back to Denver to be their DC? And I guess you know there's some fences that needed to be mended with players. There were some guys that he certainly rubbed the wrong way. 
there was no doubt how, how good his defenses were, but everything I keep hearing at Giro Vero took what Vic did and made it better. And so yeah. whether a Giro Vero will end up staying in Denver, I think remains to be seen. I hope that's what they do. No, no offense to ice pick Vic. You know, he knows defensive football and Vero learned a lot from him, but I just, um, how weird would it be, you know, kind of Wade Phillips 2.0, though it was like 19 years between Wade being the head coach and then going back to Denver to be the DC. How weird would it be for Vic Fangio to be on the Broncos coaching staff again after just, you know, like I said, a, a year removed from being the head coach? Yeah. And I think like that, that's partially, partially the, the conversations and the reports that you were hearing, you know, over the weekend and that name popping up and, and then the, yeah, like you said, the wild story of, Oh, he's going to Miami. Oh, maybe not. Maybe he's staying here. Maybe he's going there. It's like, I think big Fangio is at the point where he can, he can choose where he wants to go. Like he's, he's not a young coordinator by any means. Uh, and I'm calling him a coordinator because I think, I think he probably doesn't really want to be a head coach again. I think he, you know, he gave it, he gave it a go. I don't think it was his thing. I think he's a really good defensive coordinator. He's a lot, like you said, a lot like Wade Phillips, maybe. Uh, but you know, he's just, I think he can decide who I want to, who do I want to work with? And, and really in the end, when you're coaching, that's, that's what matters the most. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about the front office anymore. He's not the head coach. You know, he's, he doesn't have to really worry about that side of the Broncos organization, which has changed a bunch since, since he was there. But you know, if he, if he loves, coaching with Sean Payton, then Vic Fangio will probably say, sure, I'll do it again. And, and why not? Uh, you know, but like you said, it, it seems to me like he has lots of, lots of other priorities too. Uh, it's funny, like the conclusions you draw about people and then you hear something like, Oh, he's got a girlfriend that he wants to hang on with. You're like, what? Vic? Can't even really? fathom <laughs> Vic Fangio with a girlfriend, but, but you know, whatever these guys are, these guys are, 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 you know, busy people, no matter what. From the standpoint of of even if they're not working, they're they're talking, they're scouting, they're they're constantly you know in this in, in this whole world of of you know sports and the business of sports. Yeah. So uh, it's really pretty entertaining, I think, to see that and, and and to see how much of just a business it is. Because yeah. you know, person personally, most people would not even entertain coming back to Denver. Oh, sure. Uh, That's, I mean, how, I mean, yeah, yeah. the humiliation of you got fired, George Payton, the guy that fired him is still there. And, you know, I, one final thing about Vic before we move on here, he reminds me of a more successful butter maker. (laughs) The Walter Matthau, bad news bears. You know, he, he's a more successful professional butter maker where you could just see him living in some, some, some kind of divish apartment, you know, driving a, you know, 67 convertible, you know, some old Buick or something like that. You know, he's got all his, he still uses VHS tapes. He has those in a cardboard box in the back of the car. You know, you could just, you could see, you could see Vic Fangio be like that kind of guy where, you know, ah, screw technology. Yes. Computers. I don't need that crap. I just got my VHS tapes. I don't need that. I got a whiteboard. What do I need that? What do I need that crap for? You know, I I could see he him throws in his old NFL films. You <laughs> exactly. know, the, the the autumn wind is a pirate, and that's how he does his film study on the Raiders. You know, <laughs> right? He, 
he throws it he throws it his cassette tape of NFL films theme songs and <laughs> cranks it up on his old technique stereo and just blasts the apartment oh, complex I, while he's breaking down film. I could I could see we're aging ourselves right now is what we're doing. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> uh, so Sean Payton coming to Denver. Tom Brady's retiring. We think I uh, put the video out today that uh, he is retiring. Ironic that it was a year to the day that he retired the last time, and that lasted 40 days. And then he came back and played for the Bucks. But lots changed since then. His marriage has been destroyed. His his uh, his wife uh, now apparently dating her her yoga instructor or whatever her Brazilian yoga instructor. So so Tom Brady is um, apparently going to walk away from football at the age of 45. Brady, whether you like him or not. I, you can't, you can't deny the fact that he's won seven championships and how good he's been. I mean, he was still what third in passing yardage this season in the NFL at the age of 45 and still could be playing in this league. And I'm not until, until the season starts and he's not there. And I'm talking about the, the regular season, not, not training camp or anything like that or preseason. I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely buying it. It does sound more like this time he is calling it quits, but it's hard to deny as much as we may not like him and he's become more likable as a Tampa Bay buck than, you know, than he was as a, as a Patriot that it's hard for me to say, but damn, he's won seven Super Bowls. That's hard. You don't, you don't just happen to luck into that. And he hasn't lucked into that in his career. Guy's a tremendous reader of defenses, accurate arm, not always the most, not the most athletic guy at the position. Doesn't have the, didn't ever have the strongest arm, but he was the guy that struck fear in you. And you know, while the Broncos had their success against him, one of the few teams that that did have success against Tom Brady, that you know, it's 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 like Anchorman. You know, we're going to date ourselves again a little bit, not quite as bad. You know, it's you know, it's like the whole thing with Vince Vaughn. You know, about damn you, Ron Burgundy. I don't have to like you, but I respect you. And that's kind of how I feel about Brady. It's like, I don't have to like you, but damn, I do respect what he's done in his career. Yeah. And, well, and I can't, you know, there's just, you're not, you're not going to see this again. Everybody's talking about like Patrick Mahomes right now. Well, Patrick Mahomes has one Super Bowl win to his credit. What he's done is impressive. And, and, yeah, and he's certainly, certainly on his way to doing something cool. But I mean, it's incredible when you, when you look at, how much that guy won and, and how many times he was there just on the doorstep to winning as well. Not like he won every single time he went, you know, he got, he did get beat a few times. He got knocked out. Like I thought, I saw a graphic or just a, just a little, you know, uh, a grid picture of all the quarterbacks uh, that were big names while Brady was, just dominating everybody. And you think obviously Peyton Manning, you know, that pops in your head. But then there was Drew, Drew Brees and, and, and there was Ben Roethlisberger. And you just, there was this list of guys and you're like, Oh my God, those guys are so good. So good. And they don't hold a candle to this dude. <laughs> it's not, I yeah. mean, it's just, it really truly is the end of an era of those, you know, some of those guys that were, you know, buying for, for, Super Bowls in the middle of the Tom Brady era. I mean, I feel bad for him almost. You feel bad for guys like Philip Rivers. Not really. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but 
that's a great player, and he couldn't sniff it. He couldn't even get anywhere near it. Peyton Manning is maybe the second best quarterback of all time, and he had trouble even getting near a Super Bowl as well. So I mean, well, and, and th- think about again, think about it. The two lost to the Giants to Eli, the loss yeah. to the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, there's another I one. mean, he could he could have he could have ten Super Bowls. He's that close to having a, a 10 Super Bowl winning career. That's, you know, like I said, you don't, you don't have to like him. You don't have to like how he handled the flight gate, which I thought the four game suspension was stupid. I'll always think that was stupid for suspending him for four games. It's something for every, every other guy does in the league. And it was the cover up that was worse than the crime in that case. But I, I just, you know, I, I have respect for the guy. I mean, to do what he's done, more championships than anybody the age of forty or older. You just like I said, you just have to give him the, the respect that he that he deserves. Uh wrap it up here with Brady. Now he can start the Fox contract, ten years, three hundred and seventy five million dollars. He will supposedly replace, you know, Greg Olson and you know, this time next year. Is Brady giving me any good as a as a color analyst? I I don't know. I I think Fox is I think they're they're smoking some of the state's favorite uh, herb. I don't know. I I just uh, I just think that I just think that Tom Brady's not going to be that great as a color analyst. I, I just don't. I think he might be a better studio guy. We'll find uh, out because with the decline of Tony Romo, well, that's doors kind of open there a little bit. You know, as far as really you know, the big gun that you say that. Do you dislike Tony Romo's analysis as much as everybody else does? Like, and Greg Olson seems to be like the the darling right now. I think Greg Olson's fine. Yeah, I think Olson's fine. My 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 thought about here's my thought about Romo. I don't. I like Tony Romo as a person. He seems like he's a character. I just think, man, he just he seems sloppy. He's not. He's not like the like the comment that he made was the Buffalo game. I brought this up on their local show. Oh, that's a perfect pass. It's just a little too high. Well, no, it's either, a, <laughs> yeah. it's either, it's, yeah. it's either, it's either a perfect pass or it's, it's the pass was too high. Yeah. It can't, it can't be both things. And that's the yeah. kind of sloppy crap that I hear from him now that I didn't hear from him the first two or three years he was doing this. And that's the stuff well, I that, like, you know, no, I don't, I don't hate him. Cause that's, that's, I don't hate Tony Romo. And he's a hateable guy. Yeah. I mean, come on. Anybody that tries to play Carl Spackler in a commercial, I have, a, I, I have a soft <laughs> spot for that. You can't hide from me wearing green. He's about to become the Masters <laughs> champion. I, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't have, I don't have hatred. I just, I have criticism of he doesn't seem like he puts the work in, or he's not. Something's not right there with him as far as the job that he's done. I don't hate him. I don't like I him. People, people say he's a little over his voice. I, I, I sometimes he gets a little too rah-rah for me, but no, that's that's yeah. that's who he is and. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate him. I. 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 I just feel like there's been some regression on the part of you know because you've you've done that work. I. I do that work still. There's some regression yeah. in in what I hear from him that I didn't hear before. Yeah, could, that could be true. I. I, I can agree with that. I, I just feel like he's. He People are like, piling on a little bit, though. I agree. More personable to me from the standpoint than. Greg Olson seems he a little just, scared. Greg Olson seems like, oh, this is my first time doing this. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, everybody seems to love him right now, and I, I 
can't hardly listen to it when I don't know what it is. I, I really can't place it. It's just like I don't, I don't, I don't like his style. Whatever it is, I don't, I don't love it. But you know who I, I love? The, two guys. Two guys. I love, I love Herb Street. I think Herb yeah. Street is great doing NFL. And I, I like Charles Davis. I do. As far as a color guy. All right. I mean, color analyst. I think Charles Davis does a really good job. I, I like those guys. Yeah. I think when you, when you think about those broadcasts too, like they're, they've become so like each other, all of them. Like they, they're, they've inter- now they've kind of interchanged networks too. Guys have moved around, you know, that weren't <laughs> long time Fox guys are on, ESPN or wherever they right. are. Now. I don't even know who's where, but but so they kind of become interchangeable. There used to be kind of a difference between Fox and CBS. CBS was a little more uh, Main Street and and stuffy, if yeah. you will. And Fox is a little uh, more and, like that. Yeah, they Fox got Madden. Was, they yeah. got Madden over there with Summerall, yeah. and it's you know it was boom and pow yeah. and you know, right. it was uh, fun with there Madden. There used to be this difference. But uh, there's there's no difference between any of them now, and, and you you kind of watch the games, and, and you don't even I, I don't even really think that there's a whole huge value anymore to the analysis side of it. I think there's better value to the personality side of it, right. in my opinion, and right. I think that's why the I think that's why the Manning cast has been that's so why popular. Manning cast is and great, they, yeah. They give amazing analysis too. Don't get me wrong. Like they, they throw out some stuff that, you know, they see ahead of time and that's pretty cool. But the best part about it is that it's just so personable. But the, but the, the thing is they're the so be relatable. It's, it's them. It's Eli and Peyton. Right. Not, not everybody can do that. And that's why I don't think no. I couldn't watch just to what well, we saw that with a rod and, uh, and K that, yeah. that it, it doesn't necessarily work with everybody Peyton and Eli they're brothers they have they have a very unique relationship they're also two very unique athletes as well they've they've won you know what four Super Bowls between them so you know they 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 have a unique perspective of it which not everybody can pull off and I don't know if I'd want to watch every game like the Manning cast I mean they're they just the guests they have what they do yeah they they make it very very much appointment watching to, to see what Peyton and, and Eli are going to do and say. And, and so I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I, I just think that I'll with, be you know, entertained. I, Sorry. No, I was ahead. just going to say, I'll be entertained if Tom Brady can come off as a personable dude. I think it's like, going to be tough. I mean, I think, I think, I think it's going to be really hard, but we'll see. I think studio wise, he could do it. I think doing color during a game, being a color guy, I think it's going to be tough. Because you're working in smaller bites, you know it's he's gonna he's gonna break it down and be great about that kind of stuff of of knowing the game play calls things like like what Tony Romo's done, but I don't know if he can yeah. do the personality part of it. I think that's gonna be be a challenge for Tom Brady. All right, Colorado Mesa. Got, they have, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just say I got a question for you though. Okay, before sure. You, before you move off of NFL announcing, sure. How, how long till we get till we get rid of? Uh, sideline reporters they're they're absolutely worthless didn't, didn't we have this, this topic point. when we did the show we were like why what's <laughs> what's, so. what's what's the point and there's some good people so i don't yeah. want to see some good people lose their jobs i'd rather see them in the studio or or you know another person in the booth or something like that but and this is gotta, a, this is a regardless go. of gender thing i don't care if, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. it's aaron andrews to evan you know what uh, evan washburn I, I don't care who it is right i this is not meant to be, you know, derogatory to, to, to female sportscasters. 
because the guys are there too. It's like, what, what is the point of your job? You're not telling me anything that either I don't already know, or I, you know, that the guys up in the booth couldn't tell me, you know, right. (laughs) You're finding out stuff on Twitter faster. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't, (laughs) I I, I don't want to take a gig away from anybody, but it's just, it's, I've always felt it would just the, the before halftime interview to me, insanely it's stupid yeah. and pointless and, yeah. and and you tell none of them want to do it not a single one of them want yeah. to do it like leave me the hell alone i need to get the locker room we're getting our asses handed to us or we're, we're up big and i want to get I, I want to get to the locker room i mean i don't yeah i just think it's an absolute waste of time all right so with colorado mesa they have signing day today miles coach Haver in his second year as the mavs head coach a couple of these guys you know uh, Nikki McGuire, yeah. wide receiver at Fort Collins. I think you were you were at his signing event, right? I was. I yeah. was there for one of our baseball athletes uh, today. I don't know if the cat's out of the bag yet, Jim, but I'm actually coaching baseball at Fort Collins High School. So, fighting Lambkins. Uh, the fighting Lambkins. The fighting Lambkins. I never thought that would be the case, actually. Uh, just, you know, I, I, the Lambkins are like the Rams Jr., right? So. <laughs> That's that's a little conflict for me. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm coaching with some really good people and, and some good athletes. So I was there for a, a baseball athlete, but yeah, I got to meet Nick Nicky McGuire today. Nicky is a, a really good athlete. Uh, set a record for the most receiving yards uh, in a season for uh, Fort Collins High School, and it was a, a record that had stood for a while, if I understood correctly. Uh, so yeah, just a, a, an explosive athlete, but a, a great kid. Got to meet him today. And uh, just uh, looking forward to seeing a kid like him, you know, over over playing for the Mavs and Miles and Miles. Man, he he signed a lot of dudes, and yes, he, did. he was over here in the Northern Colorado area quite a bit. So good to see. And then the other one, Trek Keyworth. Any no yeah. relation to John Keyworth, the former Bronco, right? Do you know this? That uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think I've asked his dad that before. And and I I don't think there is. No. That's talking but about I, dating I, myself. To, yeah, that's that's yeah. super old. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask his dad that question again. Uh, Trek is uh, he's a lot like Nick McGuire actually, a uh, little little bit uh, bigger body, but super super uh, receiver, great route runner. But uh, yeah, Trek is the older brother of uh, my son Colton's uh, best buddy. So. So Trek's a, a, a heck of an athlete. Uh, he's been a, a really one of those kids that has was undersized for most of his career, and then had that growth spurt uh, in the last few years of, of high school, and really was was a tough guy to guard last year. I know, and they had a Fossil Ridge had a good they had a good season, and and he was part of that. And he's definitely one of those tacticians. He's going to fit really well in in Miles' offense because I know they I know they do a lot of uh, you know, short, short passing game. I mean, they pass it like 95% of the time. So they're, they're always running routes, but they need guys that can manipulate the defense and, and move guys where they want them to go and, and, and find those, you know, zone soft coverages and things like that. And that's exactly what, uh, what Trek does, but great kid, great family, uh, two good kids, good family. So yeah, pretty cool to have some, some ties to some of those guys. And then want to acknowledge the, the local guys that are signing, uh, Devin Hickey, his dad, Boomer, Played for uh, Joe Romano, of course, went on to coach at, at then Mesa State College, and Boomer played at Fort Lewis. He didn't play a Mesa, but uh, but Devin's going to play safety for the Mavericks 
And then uh, Cash Walker is one of the better tight ends in the state uh, who led the, the Warriors in receiving yardage, or should say not receiving yardage, but tight ends this season. He was one of their top uh, uh, receivers in terms of yardage this year and uh, played for Brandon Milholland, of course, uh, played for Joe at uh, Mesa State as well. But uh, Cash Walker, Devin Hickey, and then uh, Nico Moreno that played for Joe this past season uh, out of Palisade on the offensive line. So uh, best of luck to all those guys. want to mention one other guy, too, Keen Bessard, that plays at Fruita Monument. Uh, he signed uh, to play long snapper at uh, the University of Wisconsin. So he's our one of our local uh, the D1 guy that uh, representing the Grand Valley. But uh, congratulations to all those guys and more. Uh, that have signed today, and not just football players, but for soccer and, and some of the other sports as well uh, that have signed today. All right, Beetle, we always appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Take care. Sounds good. Let's get a sideline reporter on this show. <laughs> you know what? You find you find that person, maybe one of the boys, or one of the boys, they want to start uh, cutting their teeth, you know, on get, you know, the broadcast get game. On the mic. Get Cooper on the mic. Well, he can be our little sideline reporter guy. He can pop in with occasional little little quip, and we can do that. Break to see what's happening in Fortnite, Cooper. What's <laughs> happening in Fortnite right now? There you go. I think we should do that. It'd be fun. I don't know, Dad. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think Coop probably talks like that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Apologies to your your son. Making him sound like that. He's well, uh, probably, that's probably pretty close. Oh, okay. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All teenage boys sound like that, right? They just, ah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's the Davis and Beetle podcast. Until next time. This is the Davis and Beetle podcast.